You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Champions are made on Sundays. World champs, baby! Congratulations to the Super Bowl champion. Legends are made on Sundays. Toward the end zone. It is Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. Really good breakfast is made on Sundays. Get me a vodka rocks. Mom, it's breakfast. And a piece of toast. It's Football Sunday with Rashad Taylor and Joe Fisher, featuring the latest on the Ducks, Beavers, and college football's biggest games. And a look ahead at today's NFL action. Herbert stops, launches deep. Jalen Guyton, he's got it! Touchdown, Chargers! What a throw! Football Sunday, Rashad and Joe on the Odyssey app and 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two here, football Sunday, 1080 The Fan, the Odyssey app. Joe Fish behind the glass, Rashad Taylor sitting in. My beautiful baritone is going to take over for the second hour. I'm trying to remember what stadium, what team it was, but there was a team last week after winning their game played this in the stadium. Did they? Sweet victory, yeah, over the PA system. I can't remember... Who it was. What but. would be your victory song? My favorite. What's your favorite victory song that teams play? Mine's is uh, "Whoop That Trick" by um, with the <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies. I think that's. I think that was was brilliant. Um, I don't know if you've heard the uh, soccer hooligan song going on, um, going around when the Blazers win. It hasn't been played much lately because the Blazers know. don't win. Yeah, but. It was, like, derived from this old Puma commercial from the 90s or early 2000s where it's a bunch of, like, soccer hooligans in a bar singing um, Savage Garden. I'll be your wish, I'll be your love. And it's really? Like, <laughs> and it, for some reason, it's turned into, like, this Blazers rally cry that whenever they get a W, the video resurfaces. I'm pretty sure we got it in the library. What's the name of that song? Is it Truly Madly Deeply? I believe that is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I was a big fan of Savage Garden. I mean, who wasn't? I mean, I feel like the theme of today's show is 90s nostalgia. Yeah, Savage yeah. Garden was awesome. Z, you know, the uh, the uh, the old um, alternative stations and stuff like that I used to listen to when I was a kid, that was awesome. Hey, and you can still listen to good new alternative stations with Sister Station 94.7 Alternative Portland. There it goes. There's, there's the plug. The, there's the salesman in me. There's the plug. Well... Today, man, it's it's football day. There's two great games, and hopefully, you know, I'm phrasing that right because yesterday we didn't get great games. We got one pretty one okay game, but um, we're still looking for that just game with the fireworks. And something tells me these two games lined up today will give us just that. We talked about the first one with San Francisco and um, your Dallas Cowboys. That'll be later this afternoon, but. Coming up, 12 p.m. from Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York, live on Sibis, you're going to see the Cincinnati Bengals visit the Buffalo Bills. This is the most evenly matched 
matchup that we've seen thus far in the playoffs. Yet the Bills are, what was it, favored it's, by it's six. six, six and a half, which has dropped, six? I want to say. I'll take a look at that. But anyways, continue. Which would, you know, make sense. You know, the Bills have been playing with a lot of emotion over these past, you know, uh, two games or so. Obviously, the DeMar Hamlin thing has been on the forefront of every sports fan's mind for the past few weeks. But they were able to use that emotion and go into their next week and completely clobber their opponent. And now they're going against a Bengals team that feels a little disrespected. Feels that, you know, they've been paying a lot of attention to how good uh, the, the Bills are, how great Josh Allen is, you know, how great that fan base is. And people are kind of forgetting that the Bengals were just in the Super Bowl last year. They did work, and they feel like they should be looked at as a legit contender and not like little brother. And honestly, I think they kind of feel like little brother. But if you're honestly, if we're looking, again, these teams couldn't be even any, any more evenly matched. Joe Burrow has got 4,400 uh, yards on the season, 35 touchdowns, 12 picks. Josh Allen got 4,200 yards in the season, 35 touchdowns, 14 picks. They both have great running backs. Joe Mixon has over 800 yards and seven touchdowns. Devin Singletary has over 800 yards and nine touchdowns. Jamar Chase, one of the best receivers in the league, and I think a lot of people put him up there as top two or three. I don't know. I think I like Justin Jefferson as well. But Jamar Chase, over 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, Stephon Diggs, almost 1,500 yards and 11 touchdowns. These guys know how to get after. They know how to score points. And that's why I'm not that's why I'm super ex- excited for this game because if nothing else you're going to see two quarterbacks that are completely not gun shy. And they're going to go out there and they're going to let it fly. Like with this Cowboys 49ers game, we're not sure what we're going to see. We we know what we've seen from Brock Purdy these past 6 weeks, but we don't know if this is him all the way or if you know that really really talented team around him is helping him you know, look as good as he is. We know Dak can be dink and dunk all day, you know, so we might not see a lot of shots down the field for these teams. However, (laughs) with the Bills and with the Bengals, I think we're going to see plenty of shots down the field to guys like uh, Jamar Chase and and Stephon Diggs. Yeah, we got an over-under placed at 48.5, so they're thinking some offense there in Buffalo. We're looking at 33 degrees. Uh, Don't see any rain or wind or anything like that, so shocker, cold in Buffalo, but it's not going to be as crazy as what it could be. You know, snow, three feet of it, and just pure chaos, so weather doesn't look like it's going to be too much of a factor, so airing the ball out is what these teams are going to have to do, but for the Bengals especially, it's getting the ball out quick. Because yeah. they're down three offensive linemen. Um, that's the reason why the Bills are favored in this one is because this is uh, it's starting to look like the Bengals at the beginning of the year where they can't move the ball. Joe Burrow's getting way much, uh, way more pressure. It, if you're a Bengal, I mean, I think after last week, Bengals fans are feeling lucky because <laughs> if it wasn't for a 100-yard fumble return that – you might be looking at the Ravens in this matchup right now. So, um, and well, I guess it would actually be uh, Ravens would have played the Chiefs, actually would have been that first-round matchup. But regardless, the Bengals, they're going to have to get this ball out quick, get it to the outside. Uh, Running the ball between the tackles today is going to be extremely difficult. I'm nervous for Cincinnati. Um, You know, I'm nervous that they even cover that six at this point. Really? Uh, yeah, it's just... See, I'm not, and here's why. Because 
yes, the Bengals have offensive line issues, but they've always had offensive line issues. They played in the Super Bowl last year with a poor offensive line. Well, that's remember? what I'm saying. Is you that... know, so this is this is not anything that's necessarily new for them. And what do we see from Joe Burrow? He was able to get the ball out much quicker and make plays to guys on the outside, uh, uh, Higby, and you know some of the some of the other guys that are not named Jamar Chase were able to make plays for him. So yeah, I think if they're able to number one get the ball out quickly, but not rush yourself, you know. And again, they they're used to playing without. A, ma- a great offensive line. This is probably the best team with the worst offensive line in football and has been since last year. So that's it's not super, super new for them. And I think they're, they've been used to playing through some of those things. Yes, Joe Burrow hasn't looked the same, but most quarterbacks don't when they get towards the end of the season. You know, things, you know, most teams kind of take a dip as they get towards the end after you've played 17 games, you know. But I've got faith in this team. And I think more than anything, they're young, they're tough, and they also play in the cold. I'm like, yes, it's going to be super cold in Buffalo. However, it's not warm in Cincinnati. Like, you know, they, they go through some, some extreme weather at points as well. So I'm looking forward to this team. And let me ask you this. Is there, are there two more likable teams that you, maybe you're not a fan of than these two? Like, honestly, are there two quarterbacks in the league? Like, I have I will never say anything bad about Josh Allen because I love his game. I'll never say anything bad about Joe Burrow because I'd love to kick it with Joe Burrow. I think he'd be <laughs> fun. Like, seriously, I think, I think I'd have a lot of fun with Joe Burrow. Man, I absolutely love Zach Taylor. I absolutely love Sean McDermott. Like, I mean, the, you have two great coaches. You have two incredible quarterbacks. You have two incredible receivers, two great running backs. Like, everything lines up for these two teams to be – likable teams everybody's going to be like man i don't care who wins i think it's just going to be a good game and i think this is of all the games we've seen this is the one that embodies like i don't give a damn who wins this game i just know it's going to be a good one right uh it's just man i i was just pulled i had the line movements by the way the line's gone up since sunday uh, last sunday uh it started around three and a half four and it's now gone up to six so i said it went down but uh again that just goes to my point where I feel about this Bengals team. I just, I'm not feeling them covering the spread in any capacity in this. Um, I wanted to also pull up the uh, injury list for this Bengals team because it is extensive. It's pretty long. Uh, so as I mentioned, they're out three offensive linemen, Lael Collins, Alex Kappa, and Jonah Williams. They're also down Chidobe Awuzie, cornerback, Brandon Wilson, who is a big part of this team. He's been out with an ACL though. Uh, so they've been kind of maintaining there. And then Tyson Anderson, another safety. He's questionable. I, I just feel like the injury bug is kind of – Ben Brown has been out with a bicep, it looks like, a center for the Bengals. I have no idea who that is. It's just when you look at the injury lineup, it's not encouraging for the Bengals. And then when you look at how their offense performed last week, not encouraging for the Bengals. Um, you've got Bills Mafia. They want to get to that AFC championship game and avenge their loss to the Chiefs. I think that a lot is lining up for Buffalo. And I understand why a Cincinnati fan could be upset at the fact that uh, they're playing this game in Buffalo. I get it. You know, now that the, you know, things have calmed down from the DeMar Hamlin situation and he's turned out all right and getting back to his normal self. I I get why Bengals fans now it's sinking in like, well, man, it sucks. Like we were kind of leading that game against the bills and understand what happened, but damn that, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, once, you know, it's one of those things like once everyone's okay, you're kind of like, 
Well, I mean, that should be like at the moment you're like, I don't care about football. Does it matter? Just do whatever. And now that, you know, DeMar Hamlin's okay, he's progressed. I think as if you're a Bengals fan or you're a Bengals player, you're looking at that like, now I, now I don't understand like why this is happening because home field, home court, you know, these things absolutely matter. So we'll yep. see how they're, they're able to deal with that. I like the Bills, though, as I've been mentioned many times. Oh, I like the Bills as well. I've been called saying that's my Super Bowl pick all year, so I'm going to go ahead and stick with them. So we'll see. 12 o'clock on CBS, Bills, Bengals. We will see who will be going to the AFC Championship game. Okay, coming up next, man, we got to do it. I don't want to take five minutes. I want to take more than that because I think it's important that we do it. Uh, we lost a legend, and uh, we're going to talk about it next right here, a Football Sunday on the Fan in the Odyssey app. Football Sunday on the Odyssey app and 1080 The Fan. 1020 on 122. January is just flying by, man. Yep. Your boy turns 31 next Monday. Yeah, man. How you feeling? Uh, feeling good. good I'm just, uh, you know, trying to get that uh, golf round locked in for next Saturday, Sunday. Going to freeze my ass off out there, but... Sounds fun. It is the one non-golf season round of golf that I will play. It's the birthday round. You know? oh, okay. So we, it's usually the weekend around my birthday. I just want to get out, play 18, you know, get the, get the rust off the sticks, get the rust off of me. And, you know, see where the game's at. Well, you should enjoy yourself on your birthday, man. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, we're going to hopefully have a couple of homies out there and the old man playing uh, out at the course. So, um, yeah, should be a good time. That's good, man. I'm hoping you have a great one. And so. what would make it even better is if the Cowboys are in the NFC Championship game that weekend, too. Well, you know, one can dream, right? You know, <laughs> yes, one can is, dream. Yes. Fingers that crossed much. that that works out for you. I'm hoping it does, but I've tried to play we'll that negative, that reverse psychology negative mindset where I'm like, yeah, well, you know, just take it easy on us today. Like, well, man, 49ers are pretty good. And then I come out. Oh, it's expect the worst, hope for the best. There you go. There you go. And I think you'll, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised today because I think it'll be a great game, even if they come up a little short. But um, wanted to take this time. I, I wanted to carve out more than just a couple minutes because I felt like it was important. Uh, as a guy from Portland, uh, we lost a legend uh, yesterday. Um, Bill Shonley, the legendary voice of the Portland Trailblazers since the, in, its inception, um, passed away yesterday on uh, January 21st, 2023. And, uh, it's, it sent some shockwaves through, uh, through, through, especially Portland, you know, Oregon. Um, but really through basketball, you know, Bill Shonley was the person who coined the term and we all know this rip city. And now you've seen all these, you know, stores that are rip city, this and restaurants that use the term rip city. And it's really what Portland is, is the name that they're best known for. And, um, you know, Bill Shonley was a reason that a lot of people got into wanting to do sports, wanted to be broadcasters, wanted to do all those things. And I understand that there's not a, probably not a, an opportunity for me if, you know, guys like Bill Shonley don't really come through and show how important it is to for our teams, our neighborhoods to have a voice and to have a voice that you can depend on and um, one that you can grow up with. And we've been lucky enough to have some some good ones, but 
uh, I think overall, um, when you think about the voice of, of the Trailblazers and um, you think about that cool pinwheel, you know, probably the coolest logo in all of basketball, maybe the Chicago Bulls logo. But, man, I absolutely love the pinwheel that the Blazers have. And, you know, Bill Jolly has been a part of, part of all of it. You know, he's worked, obviously, in broadcasting. He's worked in management. You know, he worked with, you know, Trader Bob, you know, when he was here. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a sad, it was a sad day. You know, it's going to be a sad time. But uh, thank you so much, Bill Shonley. You know, and then, you know, condolences to his family. And, um, you know, anybody that really consult, condolences to the Blazers, you know, in that organization. You know, I know there are a lot of people that worked incredibly close with Bill Shonley over the past <laughs> 70 years or so that he's been, you know, associated with Portland. And so, um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a tough day for Portland, but um, hopefully, hopefully we got some great voices around. So hopefully we'll be able to kind of have that same relationship with them that, you know, we were able to have with Sean's for so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, really an unfortunate week for um, Blazers broadcasting in general um, because we lost Bill Sharnley. We also lost John Curry. Blazers cameraman yeah. who had been with the team forever. Um, from what I understand, you know, I not around the Blazers organization much. Danny probably knows those guys very well. Um, I feel like I saw that he had some uh, heart issues a couple of years back. And so just his health has not been great over the last couple of years. So, uh, but when I saw that he had passed, I saw a picture of him. I, I was like, yeah, John Curry, seen him at many Blazer games mm-hmm. behind the camera for sure. And then uh, that happened, and then you lost Bill Shonley, and that happened within a week. So pretty, um, you know, pretty bummer week, losing some integral parts to the Blazers broadcast. Um, but, yeah, just to go back on Bill Shonley, man, he is a um, legendary broadcaster in sports. Uh, boss, man, he made sure to send us the press release from the Blazers um, that came out last night or yesterday afternoon. And it was cool just reading – about Sean Lee's history in the broadcast industry. So um, this is where it all started for him, was in the Marine Corps. He hosted a sports show for Armed Forces Radio overseas. Uh, he then continued his broadcast career in Seattle uh, with radio station KVI. He was the voice of the Seattle Totems in the Western Hockey League. Um, and then that took him um, through some sports broadcasting experiences for the University of Washington, Seattle Angels baseball, the Oakland Seals in the National Hockey League, and a Major League Baseball Seattle Pilots before joining the Trailblazers and, um, of course, coining the term that we all know, Rip City. Um, did you ever have any Sean Lee run-ins or anything? I, I had one very brief, like, all right, there he is. I'm going to go shake his hand and tell him thank you for everything he's done. And that was like 2019, I want to say. Not really. Well, a few years ago, I got a chance to do the Nike Hoop Summit. Mm -hmm. And I saw him there, and he had like a crowd of people around him. Right, I'll be honest, Joe, I was looking good. Had a suit on, had everything (laughs) Was this the Neil O'Shea stepping on your shoe This is the night. This is the day after. This is the actual (laughs) game. Um, But... uh, I saw him there. And you and walked he just, up to Bill Shonley and stomped on his man, toes. It's like, and this shoot. is what you get. You tell your, <laughs> you tell your boss. Neil. You tell your boss. No, but <laughs> I saw him and I wanted to go up and say something to him, but he had, look, like he was having this conversation. He had people around him. I was like, I don't want to just interrupt because, mind you, I didn't know who he was talking to. It may have been somebody super important. And so I didn't want to interrupt that. But, um, but no, man, Bill Shonley left a huge impression on a lot of people. But I, I have uh, one more, if, if I could, Joe, if you'd allow me. But, um, you know, being from Portland, we lost a, 
another legend um, from Portland and especially from, you know, north and northeast Portland. And um, it's a gentleman that I used to work with for a long time. Uh, his name is Wes Austin, Coach Austin. And um, Coach Austin was uh, he's a PIL Hall of Famer. Um, he was four-year letterman in, like, football and track and, you know, all type of stuff. But then he decided to stay in the neighborhood that he grew up in and really help teach young kids, um, especially young kids from underprivileged, underprivileged neighborhoods, underserved neighborhoods, um, how to – sports is great, but this isn't always how you need to make it out. He used to have this quote, and they would say, man, life is as hard as or as easy as you make it. You know, so it's totally – totally up to you you know don't make excuses for you know someone else and how your life turned out and so um and he, i will finish that quote for you you yeah. will always run into obstacles but you must learn to get around or there through it them. is if there you let is. the obstacle stop you you must figure out how to solve the problem and go on man and that is first part of a long quote no and he you know this is something he used to say and there are so many people that have that he's touched that have gone on to do great things in sports and in medicine and education and you know, all type of things. And so, man, Coach Austin, I, I appreciate you. I thank you for everything that I was able to learn from you. You know, my, my journey in youth development, he has a whole lot to do with. And, uh, you know, anybody in Portland that was touched by Coach Austin, you know, and really touched their life in some way, um, I know you're kind of hurting too. So, man, shout out to a legend. And shout out to this city, man. I mean, 100% uh, Portland. Uh, talking about uh, – Harlem Globetrotters to start the day. We had this little moment in the commercial break where I was talking about, uh, because I took my nephew, and his grandmother was a huge Harlem Globetrotters fan growing up, like name-dropping people, like players. And she's like, oh, I loved him, and he was great. And uh, during the game last night, we saw a memorial. They were talking about some of the former players, and one of them named Meadowlark Lemon. Meadowlark, which, the guy. I had a Meadowlark Lemon jersey. Just fantastic name, right? Absolutely. Like, 100%. So then th- that gets brought up when we get home, how you know she that was one of her favorite players that she t- was talking about to my sister. And I was like, yeah, they talked about him on the big screen. And then you tell me that his grandson – Bubba Lemon is the head coach over at Tualatin High School. Yes, he is. And then I'm like, Bubba Lemon, why does that name sound so familiar? He graduated the same year as my sister did at Tualatin back in 06, and she was a cheerleader. And I'm like, man, all these connect, like Portland is just big enough to have these types of connections where a Coach Austin, a Meadowlark Lemon, and like it's just – the city intertwines itself in a way that it's just like everybody knows that one person that you that, know. Absolutely. That, and it's just so it's, here it's in the great sport, thing about being in a, a big, small city. Yes. You know, yes. and Portland is not quite Reno, but the biggest that you'll potentially find. Okay. So <laughs> we, we just got this uh, text. Coach Austin was a legend. It will always be layup time. Always layup time. Layup time. Give yourself a hand. Like little, little things like that are things that are in great and, you know, ingrained in people's heads and you know that's why you love those people so shout out to anybody and you know condolences to anybody who lost someone you know here over the last little bit so all right well coming up man it's uh we start making our making our bets man it's who do you love i'm pretty sure i didn't do well again last week so this is why i don't bet and uh, <laughs> well I'm, good thing there isn't money behind this but the thing is is when i have a good week rashad that's when i start Man, maybe I should start putting money on. Yeah, some well, of this maybe stuff. you should start putting money on. Well, and then I'm going to be wrong and lose does, the money. Hey, and... man, only bet a few bucks. That's what I do. So we're going to do that when we come back. But first, Joe at Sports. Who do you love? 
Rashad and Joe share their predictions and look back at last week to see if they still love their picks. It's time for Who Do You Love? Part of Sports Sunday on 1080 The Fan. All right, who do you love? This is where we make our picks. Pick the spread, pick against the spread, straight up, whatever it is. I think we're just looking for wins at this point, you know. So, uh, Joe, how did we do last week, bud? Uh, last week, surprisingly, Rashad, your one win was the Blazers. <laughs> wow. They, I mean, they had that back-to-back against the Mavericks that just worked out well for both games. I guess. Shut man. down Luka in one game, and then he didn't, he didn't play the next one. So, so. it better win without Luka. <laughs> just saying. Uh, you and I both, uh, my petty bet just taking the Vikings straight up did not play off, and you're just minus three, obviously, did not play off there either. No. Uh, Bengals, you took them at uh, to cover the eight-point favorite. Uh, they did not do that. I believe they won by, what, seven? I think it was the final. So rude, man. Uh, I took the Ravens-Bengals over 40, which hit. Uh, I took the Cowboys getting the win as well. Um, could have taken the spread, and that would have hit also. So I go 2-1. and one, You go 1-2. and two, That and seems to be how it goes every week. Eh, well, the week before, I went 0-3. Keep that in mind. So let's just, you know, things can turn on the dime very quickly. All right. Well, I'll take it. So what do you got for us this week? All right, our first game that I have for us, it is going to be this Bills-Bengals game, and I said it earlier in the show, I'm going to take the Bills to cover the six. I think the Bengals are just in a tough spot uh, when it comes to injuries, and that offense is just not producing. Bills have not skipped the beat. Uh, They've looked good on both sides of the ball, and I know that they are prone to uh, kind of be like the Cowboys in make dumb mistakes and Josh Allen throwing some bad picks, but I just feel that uh, this matchup is in their favor this week. Again, with just everything that's stacking up against the Bengals uh, being injured and not being 100% themselves on the offensive side of the ball. So Bills covering the six against the Bengals. I also had Bills covering the six against the Bengals as well. I think the Bengals is a great, I think the Bengals are a great team. Uh, I think they have a lot of heart. They have great leadership. But I think this Bills team has been primed for this for the past few years. You know, they've gotten better and better and better. And this is the year that I think it's actually Buffalo's Super Bowl to lose. So um, I think it's going to be a close game. That's why I'm going to stay with the six. So I'm going with the same thing. All right. And then um, we're going to move to the other game, Cowboys 49ers. And this is a tough one from all accounts. you got the 49ers, a four-point favorite. Uh, you've got the over-under at 46-and-a-half. A lot of this I just don't even want to touch. But I will say the Cowboys cover that four. I think this will be a close game. Um, God, this just this game, I'm so worried. I Like, the nerves are kicking in. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a mess for the and next. And you got to wait for it, yeah. too? Like, that's the thing I, that sucks. I'm going to be a mess the next four-and-a-half hours. But I need to have put some sort of confidence towards my Cowboys in this, and I feel like them covering the four is just enough for me to justify that. Okay, hey, I feel like the Cowboys, I, I am rooting for them in a sense, right? Of course That they're going to cover because winning today is just going to be tough against this 49ers team. So give me Cowboys covering the four points. Uh, I'm taking Cowboys straight up. Woo! I'm taking the Cowboys straight up. Um, 
I I just think, uh, like I was just kind of saying about the Bills, this Cowboys team has been building for this moment for a while. And this 49ers team, if we're being real, was just kind of put together this year, you know, with a new quarterback, with obviously a new uh, a new piece in Christian McCaffrey. I, I think they work really, really well. But um, honestly, if there's ever been a year that Dallas could probably get it done, I think it would be this year. So I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb, which I'm always going to do every week, and I'm going to take the Cowboys straight up. Man, if that happens, uh, I'm telling you that I'm a mess today. If you that give happens, me a, drinks on you. If you give me a Cowboys-Eagles NFC championship game when the Cowboys haven't been to an NFC championship game in my adult life, uh, I am going to be... I just don't know how I'll be able to deal for that entire week leading up to that game. I will be an absolute mess. You'll you get used to it, trust me. you get used to it. Well, I don't. That's the thing. The Cowboys have sucked the last 25 years. Let's be real. My, no, I am once a, they get there all the time, you're like, ah, oh, it's nothing. I am a it's Cowboys nothing. fan because they got there all the time during my unconscious years of watching football. Like I said, my earliest memories go back to when I was like five or six with Shad. Those Cowboys runs were, it was wrapping up at that point. Yeah. It was a lot of Quincy Carter, old Vinny Testaverde, Drew Bledsoe. It was bad for a while. See, I'm lucky enough to be able to say that my team was legit from high school until right around like mid 30s. Yeah, you legitimately have seen what? 9, 10 conference championships? Like, with your team in it? Like, you know, like 12. Something like that. Yeah. Something stupid. Yeah. Don't want to hear it, okay? Just saying. Um, and you know what? I'm going to go here with a uh, Rashad Taylor move, and I'm going to go to the NBA for my final bet. So was I. Look at us, man. And I am going to go to the NBA right here in the town of Portland. Oh, jeez. That's what we weren't doing. And the Blazers, as I've mentioned in my sports update, were a six-and-a-half-point favorite, has now dropped to six. And guess what? I'm going to go... Lakers cover the six. Right now, the Blazers are a favorite because LeBron is uh, questionable with an ankle injury. But I am going to take the risk and say that LeBron will play tonight. And if that is the case, the Blazers will lose. <laughs> not even not cover. They're just going to lose, probably. It's just the Blazers are down bad right now. Please prove me wrong. Blazers, um, Cowboys, both of you today. I'm taking the Lakers straight up, man, unfortunately. So, like, no. listen, this Blazers team is not good. I've completely given up watching it. I can't do it anymore. It, it, it just induces anxiety, and I don't like it. And so I've, I've kind of tossed in my, my pinwheel you know, hat for the next little bit. And once they start getting better, I might start watching again. But right now, it's, it's awful. So, yes, I'm taking the Lakers uh, to cover. You know what uh, really stung last night at that Harlem Globetrotters thing is you know how the Washington Generals, they like to like talk trash about the city and – you know, well, yeah, cut they, a promo, cut a heel promo about exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was a lot of blazers are trash and blazers aren't good and making fun of Dame time. And I was, I was getting a little heated. I was like, Hey, this is not the time to make those jokes. Okay. I love it. <laughs> I was like, this is not okay. You cannot be making these jokes at this time of the year. Have you seen them play recently? My guess is that the generals and uh, globe trotters are not keeping tabs on day-to-day NBA. No, probably not. They've got uh, their own game to <laughs> to throw, you yeah. know, every day. Uh, you mean their own game to plan for and watch film and prepare for? No, that's not what I mean. <laughs> that's not what they do. So, all right, well, shoot, you want to uh, tie a bow on it? Uh, I think we should. All right, man, coming back. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. 1080 The Fan. I'll be your dream, I'll be your wish, I'll be your fantasy. 
I'll be your rope, I'll be your love, be everything that you need. I love you more with every breath, truly, madly, deeply do. I will be strong, I will be faithful, cause I'm counting on a new beginning. Football Sunday, Rashad and Joe on the Odyssey app at 1080 The Fan. I can get behind this. No, it's, dude, I'm getting goosebumps. Blazers haven't even won, and I'm ready to hear this song tonight. Yeah. Again, it can only be played in a win, so I'm hoping that me preemptively playing it leads to a Blazers win tonight. I just want to get to a back to a point to where the Blazers are relevant. Well, dude, and it, what kills Not me? Not even relevant. Like with when I remember being I bringing up 2000 Hertz. But the truth is 2000 was one of the best years that we've ever had as Blazer fans. We had the best team in the league. We had the best record in the league and this is a time when Shaq was winning the MVP. We had the best record, you know, in the league. And I remember Shaq saying uh, before game seven that whoever wins this game is going to demolish Indiana. And that's exactly what would have happened. If the Blazers played Indiana in that finals, they would have waxed them. And that's just kind of kind of the way I feel about it. But I remember how great this, fit, this city felt when this team was more than competitive and more than relevant. They were great. Like, the Blazers were great, bro. Like, they were, you know, there was a time to where we were in the NBA Finals, and there was a time that we were in the, the conference finals, you know, quite often, you know. So, you know, it, it, it hurts to, to think that it's going to be a while before they get there. And then you know what else hurts? To see the other teams that were comparable to the Blazers get their opportunity to be great. And to watch Phoenix. Essentially leapfrog yeah, the to Blazers. Yeah, to watch Phoenix have a good a season as they had a couple seasons ago. To watch even the Jazz, you know, be able to kind of outplay us in the playoffs and, and, and make deep runs. To watch, you know, all these teams. To watch Memphis right now, you know, play the way they play and dominate. Like, yeah, it, it sucks, man. It hurts. It hurts. And these guys are, like you said, they're, they're, they're only going six deep, maybe seven or eight deep, you know, on the, on the bench. Like, yeah, I think these guys are tired. I think Chauncey Billups is trying to play a style of basketball that really doesn't exist anymore. Like, being real, like – that old Detroit, you know, hard knows that that's that's over. Like that doesn't that doesn't exist anymore. Not to say defense doesn't matter, because it absolutely does. But I think you have to have the people to be able to play defense. That's a skill, right? Like like shooting jumpers is a skill, and being able to jump out the gym is a skill. Playing defense is also a skill. You have to be smart and know what you're doing. And to be honest, I don't know if the Blazers have anybody that's a, can be considered a defensive guy. Josh Hart. Might be the closest to it, but he's a scrappy defensive guy. Like, you don't expect him to go out there and just, yeah, you go stop LeBron tonight or go make things difficult for KD. That's not happening, you know. But I don't know. I think there's a lot wrong with this team, and it's just getting frustrating to watch them be so mediocre. Well, I do think that, and let's be real, building an NBA team takes a lot of luck, and if it doesn't take luck, it takes a lot of time. All right. So we will admit that this is a rebuild and not a retool or whatever they keep trying to whatever stupid they keep trying to say. Well, I I, I think it's more so of a, a the latter a retool a re a rebuild. Rashad is you're looking you are the San Antonio Spurs at fourteen and thirty two and you don't have a star. You are the Detroit Pistons, the Charlotte Hornets, just 
absolutely futile and you are really trying to figure out like okay how do we get this team to just be competent in any way how is that not the blazers right well, now i mean, I granted, mean the only the only thing that said is the fact that they have a star an aging star but they have a star well, they come on no he's not 37 he's 30 he's listen dame is 32 and you're, he's not gonna not be injured anymore for as many minutes as he plays he's not gonna not get less injured like that's what's gonna happen that's what happens when you get older Mr. I had two hangovers in the past week because I'm 30 now and didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's what, that's what happens to your body at that point. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've, I've always kind of looked at this. It's, it was a complete overhaul. It's a, it's a, it's a restart. I just, I see. So what is it? We're 45 games into the season and just like the NFL season, break this break this season into chunks, right? Like so far the 45 games, let's look at the first third of it. Blazers were cooking. They were winning some games late and making some game-winning shots down the stretch that, let's be real, gave them a 10 and 4 record right out right out the gate. And then you had Dame miss a few games. You also had Nazir Little go out. And you had Anthony Simons playing, literally Rashad, playing point guard for the first time in his life. Anthony Simons in the NBA. He's trying to figure out how to play point guard. Um, that was a stretch where it was like, okay, here's a kind of a different team. And now Jeremy Grant's our number one. And then you get Dame back into the fold. And then you get Gary Payton back into the fold. Sounds like a bunch of excuses to me, Joe. What I see is a team playing with a bunch of new guys for the first time ever. And sorry if it doesn't happen right away that the team is good. I love Jeremy Grant. I think having him is a huge piece. I love Damian Lillard. I love Anthony Simons. It's just a matter of you can't expect a team, a new team like this, after you've been doing the same thing for seven they years. They were in first place. Hey, you, you can't be doing the same thing for seven years and then expect to do something different, and it's all just going to pick up right where it left off and everything's good, and, hey, we're a four or five seed and at least. Don't want it to pick up where it left off. This, it's picking up exactly where it left <laughs> off. It to be better. Yeah, I, it's picking up it. exactly where it left off, right? We, they were bad last year, and now they're just as bad this year. And you can't blame it on Dame not being there because, yes, Dame missed the stretch of games. What was it, seven, eight games? that he missed in the, during, during the stress of the season. But he's been there. He's been available. He's putting up major points. But what's it what's it accounting to? What's it equating to? You know, the Blazers aren't winning games like that, which is unfortunate. That's what we're talking about. I, don't, I wouldn't care if Dame was averaging 17 points a game and getting nine assists if they were winning every game. But lots of volume shooting, n- n- no wins to, to come from it. So that's what I'm talking about. And it's it's become – you know how the Blazers are going to play. You know, Anthony Simons is going to shoot himself out of the game for the most part. And he's a confident shooter, but right now you're not seeing that. I think he's something like six for 23 from three over the past couple games. Let's like be real. Corny. I mean, I think you could admit, too, it's just like a lot of shots were not falling for a stretch. No. Like, no, it's just not. they were it just a lid on the rim for a good stretch of basketball. And because they're probably tired. Shots that would typically go in, shots that you can probably—it's not happening. And like, and I don't want to say Chauncey Billups is isn't the the answer. He's not the coach. You know, I don't want to give want to say that yet. It seems like his players respect him, but sometimes, man, you 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 need somebody that can that can actually, you know, what I'm saying, coach you down the stretch. And that's one of those things. We're not—they're down early, so it's like you're defeated before we even really start. When they scored eight points in the second quarter the other night, eight points. 
how are you going to win any games against Philadelphia, especially with a team with, with a few bigs that what are you supposed to do? you got to score more than eight, and they couldn't do it. Hey, they scored 14, okay? Oh, excuse me. There, yeah, my bad. My no, bad. Rashad, listen, I'm not uh, – Blazers aren't good, all right? It's not good, but I'm just – I'm not going in the sense of, like, God, they suck. They're not good. I was like, bro, yeah, they're not good. Whatever. Like, that's what it is. Finish out the year, try and get better, and then how go many, into next year. How many years are we going to say that, though? Like, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, as Blazer fans, I feel like we say that a lot. Well, I get that. We've been saying that a lot with Dame and CJ and the makeup of the team we've been doing the last seven years. Yeah, we have been saying that a lot. This team, it is completely different. You have a coach who is in year two. You want to talk about Trevor Lawrence not having a rookie year. Chauncey Billups didn't have really a real first year to coach either. He didn't even have Dame for 75%. He didn't have a guy like Jeremy Grant. So here's Chauncey's first year figuring out how to be a coach situationally, running lineups, when to call timeouts. To me, I'm just not like the first start of the year was great, and you could probably pull some of my old tweets like calling the Blazers one of the best teams and loving it. But let's be real. Reality setting in, and this team is not as good as we hoped. That's what it is, all right? Hopefully we suck enough to that where Victor Wembayana is an option, <laughs> which is probably not going to be the case. But, again, man, it's just NBA team building is not an overnight thing. It is not but a— But it is, though, because it's the not. Part. The NBA basketball it's, is the one sport— that one player can change everything. Yeah, if you draft them, one player, or if you, or if you get, or you trade for him, or you get him, like that one guy can change the way you do things. It can change the way you play. You look at how great up until recently, LeBron for the first time can't carry a team as great as he is. Like for the first time ever, like he's still doing everything he's supposed to do, but the guys around him can't do it. The hey. Blazers don't have the guys right now. I love Simons, I love Dame, but now it might be actually time to start some type of rebuild because this isn't going to work. Hey, let's keep in mind, you know, like we do have this rookie named Shane Sharp, number seven overall. Sometimes it takes making the right pick in the draft. What if he explodes? What if he pops off? What if Simons figures out to play? Again, man, it's not like, oh, five, ten games. All right, we know what to do with each other. We got it figured out. It sucks. Trust me, man, this sucks. But uh, you got to give it some time, unfortunately. Well, Well, we'll see. So, Keep hope alive, I guess. Classic, you know? classic Blazers. And I should be telling slogan. you this as well, Joe. Keep hope alive. The Cowboys have a chance today. They've got a big one. There's some great football today. So hopefully you guys are all going to get home. Or, or you're at home now. Get yourself some good breakfast going. A couple Bloody Marys, something like that. It's going to be a fun day. <sighs> Just shuddered. Yeah. Okay. Well, not for Joe, but for me, make it a double. So for Joe Fisher, I'm Rashad Taylor. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Championship week. Woo! Football Sunday, right here on The Fan. We'll see y'all there. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 